Hello and welcome to a special edition, a Gamescom edition, Gamescom recap edition of Starside Chat. Uh, my name is Aaron and with me as always is Zach. How's it going, Zach? Good. Yeah, Gamescom was actually pretty exciting, so I'm excited to get into going over everything I totally that was forgot there. about it. It uh, it's crazy that it's like so late in August, and it's kind of like uh, like a E three part two, not really, but uh, yeah, a nice little treat for us at the end of August. And especially since I think we were all fairly disappointed by Jeff Keighley's uh, Summer Games Fest showcase. It did this it, to yeah. me was substantially better than that show. <laughs> It's true. It. I mean, I think we were like right after his game showcase, we were kind of like, this is all right. But uh, it just paled in comparison to the Microsoft show. And we were just yeah. like, no, that's this is the best thing that has happened. Yeah. No, uh, no Nintendo overall Nintendo Direct this summer, it seems like, I guess we can call it. Yeah, I feel like they already kind of showed what they have coming for the fall. And um like they've done Pokemon Directs and I think they did some gameplay for that Mario and Rabbids game. So there was a Splatoon Direct. Yeah, there was a Splatoon one as well. So I don't think they have anything else coming out that they would need to do another direct for. That's crazy. So I, I feel like we won't see anything from Nintendo until maybe Game Awards. I think it is likely that we will see something but i don't know if it's going to be the a blowout like i feel like they have to know that uh zelda is like knocking at everyone's door and i don't know if they would blow it on the game awards or if they would want to take the whole news cycle i mean it's nintendo so maybe we'll just like they'll post something on twitter that's like hey here's the name and here's a five minute trailer <laughs> that's true uh, yeah they might do something like that that would be a little disappointing or anticlimactic but they, I feel like they also did a Nintendo Direct for Breath of the Wild, like at one point before the game came out, that was not connected to like the Game Awards. I'm trying to remember because I, I, I think do, that is true. I do I mean, because we saw the plateau. Like a, yeah, there was like a 20 minute gameplay video that they put out. I thought. Because that was, I mean, they had such a good tutorial video. They could, there was such a clean thing to cut off because. You could just basically set journalists loose on the plateau and they could do the entire thing and then it would stop after getting out of the plateau. But I feel like we saw a bunch of directs that was just talking about like, well, here are the powers you can get and like, this is what climbing is like and this is what it means to craft things and things like that. Which makes me wonder what they would show for the next one because we know all that already. Like. Do we? I don't know. I mean, uh, they, who's to say? We don't know anything, Zach, unfortunately. <laughs> I guess that's true. Maddeningly, we know next to nothing about this, except that I guess it's maybe sky related, and you have a thing on your arm that maybe turns into a dragon head at some point. Yeah, I mean, you have to figure the mechanics are pretty similar, though. Yeah, you would hope. I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe... What I really want is a hookshot. I would love to have a hookshot. You didn't get one in the last game. And I feel like that's uh, something that could happen, especially if it's so vertical. It seems like it's going to be a very vertical game. Like uh, there's going to be sky islands. But then again, who knows? I We have no idea. We, we have literally no idea what it is. We don't know the name of it. If it is more vertical, um, 
what was that the the game that they re-released for the switch that like you can sort of fly like you sort of are up in the sky i don't know that game i maybe i'm not describing it correctly but um it was the wii one that had the motion controls and nobody liked it but it came out oh, anyway. skyward sword yeah skyward sword and i feel like I recall seeing videos. You're like high up, and then you like drop mm-hmm. down. I feel like maybe they're bringing some of that back. But they, it's confusing to think about because they they were like, "Here's Skyward Sword." There's a lot of like hint, hint. A lot of the stuff from this game made it into Breath of the Wild, and also potentially the stuff that's in this game is also going to reflect on the next, like the sequel to Breath of the Wild. So maybe there's something to that more verticality and all of that. I'm into it, whatever it is. Zach, I want to, before we get into news, I have, I have a food-related thing I want to talk about. Okay, go for it. Zach, what's your favorite kind of, well, I guess maybe you don't enjoy eating pizza anymore, but when you ate pizza back in the day, what was your favorite kind of pizza? That's a good question. I feel like I have to pick something a little more exotic, but I do mm. like simple stuff like you know pepperoni cheese and peppers and i do like banana peppers so maybe put some of those on there i uh i forgot that i liked this so much but there was a place where i used where we used to live uh called tomasos have you ever been there oh yeah that place is great and they had detroit style pizza and i loved it and i didn't even know it was called detroit style but i guess that is what it is and uh, this week, I was like, man, I wish I could eat that again. And so I looked for a Detroit-style place in my area, and I went to a place called Jet's Pizza, which I guess is uh, a chain. There's a bunch of them. And, man, uh, I really like Detroit-style pizza. I think it might be my favorite kind of pizza. I, I agree. I So I've had this thought before as well because of Tommaso's. We used to get it quite often, and I like... I w- we would always get that. I'd be like, man, like I know Chicago likes to brag about their deep dish and mm. New York is all about their, you know, giant thin slices <laughs> and everything. And like there, there's this big battle going on between those two, who has the best pizza. But I think the sneaky answer to that is actually Detroit pizza. <laughs> I think you're right. It's crazy that no one's talking about. It. I mean, I know that for a while pizza hut had a, a fake Detroit style that I found to be not that great, but uh jets is really good and very affordable as well you can get something called a four corners it's like a square uh detroit style pizza and i think it's meant for one person but uh i think it can be split very easily by two people and so you can get basically you can split it so it's like five bucks a person and uh it's great it's uh i haven't been able to stop thinking about it since i had it this week (laughs) yeah i think next time you hear somebody like try to debate like which is better between chicago deep dish and new york style pizza say you're both wrong it's detroit pizza (laughs) detroit style pizza i also i have heard there's a thing called a st louis style pizza but i don't know what it is and i think it might be weird i am unaware of what that would be and i've been to st louis (laughs) a number of times over the years anyway Either way, it's still uh, Detroit pizza. <laughs> we're not sponsored by Jets or Tommaso's yet. Or but, the city uh, of Detroit. Or the city of Detroit. Uh, but should we get into some news? We got a we big should. show. We got to talk about Gamescom, but we'll talk about some news before we get into that. Yeah, so 
there was some news about a new Steam mobile app uh, coming soon. It's supposed to be in beta now. Um, and they are absolutely right that the Steam mobile app feels like super Very old and out of you know out of date. But um, so it's about time that they've finally uh, joined the modern era of mobile apps. Uh, I don't know when this is like officially releasing, but it is supposedly in beta now. I don't know mm. how you would get a hold of that, but. It's very exciting that finally they're going to update the uh, Steam mobile app. Yeah, the app right now is basically just a bad web version of the website. Yeah. Um, And so I'm very excited for this to have more functionality. Well, and just thinking of it as like a storefront as well, like the first thing you see when you open it is your friends list. Yeah. Um, And it's like you have to pull out like, you know, that menu and it doesn't say store it's like catalog yeah it's weird it's there's a lot of weirdness to it that i don't know they've needed to modernize for a number of years now so (laughs) a lot of uh steam news up top what's this ebook yeah so the verge had a story this week about the steam deck and there's apparently a small book that they that valve released about the steam deck it's a free ebook so you can download it and read about sort of their their plans and vision for the steam deck and the interesting piece of news that came out of it is that valve sort of calls the the steam deck a multi-generational category which would Mm -hmm. seem to indicate that the the steam deck we have now is not like the final iteration. Like they're Mm. not, they're not done with this as sort of a hardware concept and that they will be like one day we'll see a steam deck too, or maybe it'll just be like, if they make one next year, it'll be the, the steam deck 2023 or however they want to name it. But, Mm. um, so yeah, if you didn't, if you have not yet gotten your hands on a steam deck though, I, I feel like I've seen a lot of news stories about how those are like, they're really ramping up production and how quickly they're shipping those. I've seen that as well. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like it's not as hard to get your hands on a steam deck now as it once was, uh, or at least that you're not necessarily waiting as long as, uh, maybe you used to have to wait to get one. But, um, the cool news here is that you know, in a year or two, we could see a second generation Steam Deck that maybe has slimmer bezels and uh, like a sleeker profile and better battery life or something like that, which is very exciting. Do you think they will increase the price of it? Well, so there's already three SKUs. I do wonder how they'll handle that as far as like if they came out with another one, would they have to like bump up the price um, would they this have isn't to... in our show notes, but uh, PlayStation has decided it's a good idea <laughs> to increase the price of the PlayStation 5, which no one can find still. Yeah, I heard about that. So what what did they bump it up to? I think they increased it by like 50 bucks maybe, or it's different in different markets. Uh, so like uh, in Canada and like Europe and Asia, I want to say it's all different uh amounts that they've increased it by i don't know what it is in america but i think it's like 50 bucks maybe did they say why uh inflation i think they said (laughs) oh i did see that and i also saw like another story about how microsoft and nintendo have no plans to increase the price of their so stupid so i don't like what is sony doing 
Um, I don't know. The, so they came out with a lot of goodwill. Um, the PS5 was selling great, despite the fact that it's impossible to find. Somehow it was still selling well. But they have just like really... Like we always talk about every generation, like one of the companies has like some sort of terrible vision for how they want to handle that generation. And they just botch the messaging around it. Like, and it causes problems and the other, you know, their competition sort of capitalizes on it and wins that generation. And last generation, Microsoft was the one that botched it. Uh, This generation, it seems like Sony's trying very hard to be that, it's you know, weird that company because they're like Microsoft has Game Pass and Sony's like we could do something similar but we don't think that's profitable so we're not going to go all the way with it we're going to do like a half you know measured version of it um and also we're going to up the price while nobody else is like I don't I don't understand <laughs> <laughs> seems like a bad strategy I just keep seeing weird articles about Sony stuff. Like, did you see that article about this? Also, isn't in our show notes, but uh, in the Last of Us Part One PS5 remake, the DualSense controller is going to allow you to feel the dialogue. What? I don't yeah. understand. <laughs> I don't understand. I mean, maybe it's like an accessibility thing, but uh, yeah, you can feel them talking. I guess. Like it, it's gonna vibrate with each word, or great question. <laughs> the touchpad will give you some sort of like braille feedback. I don't. <laughs> that would be crazy, actually. I feel like you would need a different controller to make that work, but. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's next on the list? Oh yes, okay. So let's talk about Saints Row. Paint a picture <laughs> for me, Zach. What if there was a new version, sort of a like a reboot of this classic open world, sort of over the top uh, GTA style game, except the graphics look like they're from last generation and the gameplay is very repetitive and uh, <laughs> it's getting lots of sixes and sevens. Would you be interested? So, I would say no. Uh, we were talking about this, I think, a little bit last week, or uh, maybe when we were recording those uh, blind spottings we did. But uh, yeah, the article Ars Technica had a review of it, and the headline was like, Saints Row is an irredeemable disaster, or something <laughs> like that. Like. Previous Saints Rows, I think, got by because I don't want to say that like the GTA genre was still like nascent, but I mean they it was an it was an interesting spin on like GTA, but it is blank. You know, there was like GTA, but hackers was uh, Watch Dogs, and that was great, and like GTA, but The Simpsons was that hit and run, uh, but this was like GTA, but crazy like insane like uh i only played saints row 4 which is the one where it starts with the world blowing up and then it takes place in a completely virtual reality version of the world where like glitched people are wandering around and you have a dubstep gun Mm -hmm. and the boss fights are all crazy inventive and like you can turn into a toilet and things like that and they have really cranked down the craziness to now it's just like a generic there's nothing that makes it special it seems like it's just uh 
uh, a game where you get in cars and shoot people, and that happens over and over and over again. Well, and it's a little bit like Saints Row, I feel like, came about when, like, that was the 360 PS3 generation, right? Yes, because I played, I believe I played Saints Row, well, no, I played Saints Row 4 on my PC, but I think it was during the 360 era, yeah. Yeah, so that generation was just like, once GTA 4 came out, like, every game after that had yeah. to be, like, an open-world GTA-style game. It's true. Like, that was the, the game that sort of set the tone for, like, the rest of the generation. And so you just had a lot of, like, really mediocre, like, GTA clones, basically. Even stuff like, um, what was that? Red Faction Guerrilla was yeah. basically a, a GTA-style game set on Mars. But like you said, it would be a GTA game, but with you know some sort of interesting twist to try to yeah. make it interesting. And the, the Red Faction Guerrilla one was a completely destructible environments. The Geomod. Yeah, and then you'd have like... Uh, the what was it prototype that was another one that came Ooh. out like about the same time as that was Red good Faction actually Gorilla. i have to say i liked that game too it was basically like a superhero thing where you're in like sort of a gta style open world uh you know with the city but you are basically a superhero that can run up the side of buildings and do all this crazy like power stuff um so that was like that was the generation and Saints Row came about in that generation, and it, it was just another one of that style of game. <laughs> and so, like you said, the way they set themselves apart was to just be weird and wacky and completely over the top and to try to have, like, uh, you know, an over-the-top sense of humor as well. Um, and that worked for that time <laughs> because that was what everybody was doing. But this game feels like they, like you said, they dialed all of that like humor and being super over the top. They dialed all of that way down. Yeah. And, but it's, but the, then all that's left is just another, you know, GTA clone, but like still a little bit stuck in that 360 generation, like GTA style open world game, like feeling that's, that's kind of where it's stuck. And so it just doesn't feel like they've modernized and, you know, figured out why people like that genre. It's or, weird. Or done something to set themselves apart. I also feel like this game sort of came out of nowhere. I, I feel like we weren't talking about it six months ago. And then all of a sudden we got a trailer for it. Some sort of reveal. Maybe at the Game Award? No, I don't remember when this was revealed. But... uh It had a good first impression because they released the character creator... Uh, called like make the boss or whatever. Uh, and you could it, like the character customization, the way you can build your main character is very deep and cool. And they got some goodwill because they released that for free and people could like uh, make crazy things. I don't think we ever got a monster factory about it, but we, we could have. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, the, the actual game itself is just like, it seems like they put no thought into it. It was just like, Let's push this out. Let's copy paste a bunch of missions over and over again. I was watching the IGN review of it, and the guy was uh, making a joke about how there's so much diverse things you can do, but it all just goes back to stealing cars. Where it's like, you know, do you want to own a like chop shop? Well, you got to steal a bunch of cars. Do you want to 
invest in like a fashion line, well, you got to do all these mini games. Just kidding. No, you just have to steal a bunch of trucks that are carrying clothes. <laughs> and like everything yeah. just boils down to steal cars, go into like a wave based combat and then story go like progresses. And it's just like a, I don't know how this happened. It's, it almost seems like it's designed by committee where people were just like, here's the blueprint make this happen. And no one had the ability to speak out and say, Hey, this is super generic. We need to like put spice into this. It's just, uh, yeah, this is going to be forgotten in six months. I feel like no one's going to be, no one's going to remember this game came out. Yeah, I feel like by the time people are talking about like end of year top 10 list, this will have already been forgotten. But yeah, it does feel like somebody from the 360 generation were like, oh, like I have all this power at my hands to make a game. I'm just going to make another GTA clone. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But like as envisioned from the 360 generation. (laughs) It's weird. So I don't think that, uh, I don't know if they had plans for DLC or anything, but I don't know that any amount of uh, like updates or patches is going to fix this. It's like a base level game design, mission design problem. So yeah, it's different than like, um, I forget who I was watching, but they were talking about um, cyberpunk and they were like, could somebody still like or or could they still sort of no man's sky the situation where they just like do a bunch of updates and fix it and they were they were saying they didn't think so because the when no man's sky came out the problem was it wasn't that it was like buggy and unplayable it was there wasn't enough to do whereas with cyberpunk there was plenty to do it was just buggy and barely playable or barely functioning on certain platforms. And so they had a lot of like stuff to fix that is not super fixable. Like once the game has already been released, Mm. um, I feel like, um, saints row has like both problems where it's a little buggy, but also (laughs) there's like, a you know bland set of missions like maybe they could yeah. add more stuff to it but why like why do it well, let's bring the podcast up a little bit and talk about one of our favorite personalities in gaming sakurai who is the creator of smash and also a kirby game i think um or not kirby uh yeah what's kirby. that game he did was it kirby yeah he did kirby um sakurai has a youtube channel yeah, um, I think it's interesting. You got um, you got Sakurai creating a YouTube channel. You've got spoilers for what came up in uh, Gamescom, but there's a new podcast coming up from Kojima. Yeah. So I feel like all these like famed Japanese uh, developers are getting out there and starting to create their own fame, sort of adjacent to video games but a little bit outside of games it's interesting it never i mean i had never considered this but it definitely makes sense that there are like non-english podcasts uh like non-american podcasts um and so i i might listen to that uh kojima one just because he seems insane and i (laughs) want i very much want to hear i also don't know what it's going to be is it just going to be the translation of what he's saying or you're going to hear him in the background 
and then someone's going to be, be like translating one of those over it. News reports where they're talking to somebody in a different language, yeah. and then you just have like a voiceover translating. I don't know because I kind of want to hear his voice uh, in the background. I don't just want it to be like a different guy reading a transcript. You know? Yeah. Who will become the voice of Kojima? <laughs> Great question. I uh, I am excited to know. It is strange. Like I feel like. It's my understanding that podcasts are not super huge in like Japan. Like they've oh, really? not become like as big a thing as they are in the West. So Kojima creating a podcast, and, and maybe we're getting off uh, the topic of Sakurai creating a, a YouTube channel, but equally cool. Uh, equally cool, but yeah, I th- I feel like it's a little bit more him being like you know hip to what's going on in the West. But, he does love the West. Uh, but I've heard that, like, because he made, he wrote a book uh, at one point, and I hear that it was terrible because it was basically, it, it wasn't what anybody wanted it to be. It was just him saying talking about the movies he likes. <laughs> and there were just, like, chapters on upon chapters of just him talking about the movies he likes. And it was just kind of clear that it was like, well, he really wanted to be a filmmaker, but that didn't work out. So he became a, he just made movie like video games. Uh, But now I feel like he has the fame and cachet that if he wanted to become a filmmaker, he could, but. Oh yeah, a thousand percent. But I guess he just still likes making video games. Speaking of video games going into movies, uh, what do you think about this? Uh, Netflix announcement about the Bioshock movie. Uh, I think it's cool, actually. Like, I don't really know about the director. So they announced the director and writer of the Netflix uh, Bioshock adaptation. Uh, it's so Francis Lawrence, who directed I Am Legend and the Hunger Games, uh, one of the Hunger Games movies in Slumberland. Which those are not like super enticing movies to be like, ooh, cool, this is a great director or anything like that. But the writer is the one that made me excited because it's uh, the writer of Logan, Blade Runner 2049, and American Gods. Uh, I never watched American Gods, but I thought Blade Runner 2049 and Logan were both great movies. So I agree with that. I, I think from a writing perspective... Um, there's reason to be excited about this uh, Bioshock adaptation. You know, I Netflix is not... I mean, so uh, did you start watching I, that Sandman show? I definitely show? understand that hesitation that you just had uh, when you think about Netflix. They're not great at adapting <laughs> things. Sandman actually is pretty good. I've started watching Sandman, but in general... What about The Witcher? I mean, Do you like The Witcher? Yeah, the first season of The Witcher was good. I never watched the second season, but I probably will eventually. Um, I didn't mind that. I like The Witcher, but I hated, um, what was the name of that show? Altered Carbon. I hated that adaptation. That's the big one. An awful job. That's the big Ultra one that Marvel. stands out in my memory when I think of Netflix adaptations. Um, Not great, terrible. I have to say. And I, I, I don't know. Um, Bioshock is a very simple story, and so they could really do... I think it would be an easy one to adapt. It's not something where I'm like, I don't know how you can make this into a movie. Like, very clearly there is, like, a couple of twists that if you, like, build them right or change them a little bit makes it good. Like, 
there was a clear beginning, middle, like climax and end. Uh, this could definitely be a good movie, but uh, I don't know, man. Netflix, uh, they're going for quantity over quality these days, I feel like, where they're just like pumping stuff out. Everything has like a set budget and you sort of have to work within that. Uh, so I will be interested to see a trailer for this. I mean, obviously we won't see that for a while, but, uh, I don't know. Uh, I also don't know, like if this does super well, do you think they would do a Bioshock infinite follow-up? You think they'd skip over uh, Bioshock two and go straight to infinite? Oh, I forgot there was a Bioshock two. Did you play that? <laughs> no, I, know, I don't I think anybody did. I, I don't think it wasn't made by, two. I don't believe. I think the second one was like uh, not made by the same guy, and it was like very different. Um, uh, yeah, I feel like it, no one ever talks about it. No, that it's one of those series where everybody hates on the second game. I think and mm. is known for the first and third. Because who? Ken Levine is the guy that made these, right? Um, I think so. I'm not super familiar with Bioshock. I did play Infinite, and I like that game, but. I don't think he was associated with Bioshock 2. I think that, like, whoever was the publisher was just like, well, we have this IP, let's crank this out, um, and, we'll, like, we all have all these assets, let's just, like, reuse these assets. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, uh, I am cautious about this, but I will reserve my judgment until I see a trailer. Yeah. I mean, in general, uh, being distrustful of Hollywood and movies and TV shows and adaptations of things you like is a pretty good way to approach any of this stuff now. We do need to start talking about Gamescom, but before we do that, uh, let's talk about Destiny. <laughs> yeah, I put in our show notes, is it time to talk about Destiny again? That I don't know, man. A, it used to be a recurring segment that we had on the show. It's uh, such a push and pull. Like, yeah. I really thought this time I was going to stop being into Destiny. Because I've skipped, like, the last four or five seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I was watching this uh, this little trailer. It's, was this part of Gamescom or this was before, actually? It was before. So Bungie did their own thing. And then there was a Destiny 2 Lightfall uh, trailer in Gamescom as well. I've talked about before uh, that during the pandemic, we started, my friends and I started a Dungeons and Dragons, a weekly Dungeons and Dragons game, which is still going, but it's a different campaign now and a different Dungeon Master. But in that Dungeons and Dragons campaign, I played a monk and my main weapon was a meteor hammer, which I thought was a very cool weapon. And it seems like they've given the hunter a meteor hammer in (laughs) this trailer uh, which is like, man, I'm interested in that. Um, and I guess you have a grappling hook as well. It seems like this new expansion is once again in like a vertical cityscape where grappling hooks are going to be important and you're going to be like, uh, it's like a cyberpunk style thing yeah. and you have a new element that is not like, uh, what was the ice element that everyone hated? Stasis was a Stasis. bad idea. Yeah. And no one liked it. Um, well, everybody liked it from a PVE standpoint, but everybody hates it from a PVP standpoint. And this is Strand, I guess, is the new element. Uh, ah, so it's now a Strand game. It's now a Strand game. So and uh, One of two, you've got uh, Death Stranding and Destiny 2 Lightfall. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
what do you think about this? It's uh, it piqued my interest, which I'm so, I'm bummed to say. It, it I it like I, I sent you a thing that was like, have you seen the new Destiny thing? And you were like, no. And I was like, it might be good, and that's like <laughs> a bummer to me. Yeah, I. I'm with you on like because I have not jumped back in this year. I like they put out the the Witch Queen uh, earlier this year, and I like I just go through these periods of time where I'm like super into Destiny, and I go through long periods of time where I just could, cannot be bothered, and um, I don't know. Like it seems crazy to me to think of like a cyberpunk like cityscape as yeah. a location in a destiny expansion um and they're very definitely going for like this cyberpunky look that Which i do great. find a great very appealing yes um and so I, I like i watched that whole like bungee thing and i was like man it might be time to get back into destiny and then i like and even like the current season that like just kicked off like when Gamescom started is like this like pirate space pirate themed thing where like the the six main activity that's there um that's like match made is this seems kind of fun too like and you can unlock all these like sort of pirate themed things all of that seems pretty appealing to me and then I like uh, I saw on the Epic Game Store uh, since Destiny Two is now on the Epic Game Store for the first time. They had this special promotion where if you download it, I think that you still can do it. Like the it was only available for like a week after Game Gamescom. But if you download Destiny Two on the Epic Game Store, you get all the content for free basically so you can get the witch queen which came out this year for free i think Uh, that's true for all platforms like stadia as well i don't i don't think so because i saw the witch queen on sale on steam but what do you mean like i i thought i read a thing that was like you can play all the expansions uh up until like september 9th or something and then it will cut off, but uh, you can keep all of the things you acquired in the expansions, but then you would have to buy them to unlock them after the fact. Oh, weird. Well, because I saw Steam was still selling the Witch Queen uh, DLC for like 23 bucks. It was like on sale, but it was like you still had to buy it. Uh, so I don't know. But either way, they have like most of the content for free um on the epic game store for the first week if you Mm -hmm. download it through them and so i did download it i haven't started it or i haven't played it because i i like was like maybe i should just watch somebody play it for a while and watching them play it and everything i was just like i don't know do i really want to get back into really it kind of cooled the jets a little bit yeah i i don't know what it is like Every now and then, like, I'm sure if I got into it, like, if I actually started playing it, like, it would start me off going through some of the story and I would start getting some of that progression and it would hook me again. 
But for whatever reason, like watching somebody play it and like they go into their menu and they've got all these bounties and everything, I found something very exhausting about it. <laughs> Such that I was, I it cooled the jets enough that I just played more No Man's Sky instead of jumping into Destiny. <laughs> so I don't know. I've been back and forth because I think the new stuff looks great and there's reason to play it now because you can get the content for free. Um, and I'm behind, so there's like a lot to catch up on, but, and I do, I do like, like when I have jumped back into it over the last like year or two, I like that they have gone to this like, uh, seasonal thing where it's like, here's a, you know, a six man activity that you can play that it's match made and you can just run it over and over again and get like cool drops out of it. And like, I've enjoyed that every time I've jumped into it. And so I think that's a great thing that they do that they never used to do well Um, and also speaking of things they didn't used to do i think with lightfall they're adding an in-game looking for group thing yeah yeah so they're they're also trying to make it easier to find groups to play with if you want to do like some of the in-game activities that you need a group for Mm. um but like i don't know you and me we never really did like the raids um, because you needed like a six a man. Group. Yeah. You need a six man team. And also they just like take a long time and they, it feels yeah. like they're very like in depth. Like you have to understand the mechanics of them. So you almost have to like research every encounter before you even go into it. Yeah. And like, sure there are groups that will sort of help ferry you through all of that stuff and explain it to you. But it's just like, it's so like it's not chill it's not a podcast game you know what i mean it's not like you get off work in the evening and you just want to like chill for an hour or two and play something like it's not that experience um and so i feel like i would probably still not want to bother doing all of that stuff so the thing that i continue to find a little bit off-putting about destiny even when i do get into it is that like there's a a substantial portion of the game that is just not for me it's true (laughs) and so it's like buying two like a full game to get two-thirds of it and i don't know like again i totally can enjoy uh you know, playing through the story stuff, playing through the seasonal content and like they do sort of drip feed week after week, like a new story mission with whatever's going on in that season, um, which is interesting. Uh, I think they've gotten a little bit better with storytelling in that regard. And um, I, I even enjoy jumping in, running my strikes and uh, my gambit uh, weekly activities to get powerful drops and that was enough to sustain me when I did jump in and play again last year. Um, and of course, they had the the seasonal activity uh, around Halloween that I thought was actually a lot of fun that I played a ton of because I was chasing some of those uh, cosmetic items. And uh, so it's stuff like that that I, I think they're it is fun, but I don't. It's it's a mountain to climb. It feels like getting back mm. into it, and I don't know if I want to put myself through climbing that mountain again. Yeah, we'll have to see when Lightfall comes out. So it's coming out in February. Um, I just don't know. I like the idea of having, like, ownership over that character and, like, logging in a couple times a week and, like, slowly building it up. But at this point, I'm not super invested in the story of Destiny. And I just, like, 
the, so many crazy things that happen has happened that I feel like I you need to watch like a three hour lore video exactly, to get yeah. caught up on everything that's happened since the last time you played. Like the character design of the new big bad guy is very cool, but I don't know anything about him or like why he's doing what he's doing. And also, frankly, I don't think that Bungie knew anything about him before like his introduction. Like I don't know for it, sure. It really, yeah, no, this it is, soured me so much when they were like. They put out that Vidoc where they were like, yeah, in Destiny 1, we didn't know what the darkness was, and we were just kind of, like, messing around. And I was like, come on, man. This was supposed to be a 10-year experience. Don't yeah. just, like, play it by ear. You That's, you like, a bummer. You didn't have an outline from day one that you were going to work towards? Insane. And I was just like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm invest. Like, this just feels like someone trying to make money at this point. Yeah, like, it, playing it, stuff out if it's art, you know? Yeah, it was like Disney's approach to Star Wars, where they had exactly. no plan, and they were just flying by the seat of their pants and it, it all felt like a mess uh and i it it also feels like the the bond movies the daniel craig bond movies where they get to like the fourth one and uh, they introduce blofeld and they were like i haven't been around before you're just seeing me for the first time but i was the author of all of this like okay that's not true because other if if you had planned it from the beginning you would have had little tidbits to lead up to this. Instead, you're just writing it in, and it's very obvious. It's bad. It's bad. And I don't like it. I feel, I feel, even with Destiny 1, I've talked about this a lot, but Destiny 1, I didn't hate that there wasn't so, so much of a story, and it was fine. Like, Taken King was a good, like, they started to get into their groove, but when they started, I think the thing right after the Taken King was all that stuff with Siva, and I thought that was not good i have yeah. to say like maybe some of the uh gameplay was good but don't add another thing like that like continue to make rich decisions about the world you've already created instead of adding another weird faction um well but, and it's not even in a new faction it's an old faction with like a different sort of cosmetic to it exactly yeah i don't know unnecessary to me but um we gotta start talking about gamescom <laughs> destiny I, we will talk about at some point later all right. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, I don't know. I, I sometimes, I I go back and forth on if it's good, but I, I don't know. Well, we've talked about this ad nauseum, about how Destiny will sometimes will be really into it and sometimes will fall off of it. It's just, it's a very unique thing in my life that I just like am sometimes very into and sometimes I am angry at. <laughs> I know. I, I feel the same way because there are times where I can't get enough of it and I'm playing it like, at least an hour or two every day. And then there are just long periods of time where even just like seeing somebody put a video up on it on YouTube, I'm like, no, thank you. Do not need this in my life. So I don't know. (laughs) Well, and I do think that the gameplay and like the chase for better gear can be enough, even without, even if you don't care about the story, because we played destiny for years without caring about the story. Um, and I liked it. It was good. It was all inter- I think maybe that's what I was responding to was like the mystery of it because they had not written any of it. In fact, did not know what was going on themselves. That was a thing that turned me off about Destiny for a long time um, and why I always felt like I can enjoy the gameplay of it. I just don't get into it like like with the Mass Effect trilogy. I was always super into that because I loved the universe. I loved oh, the yeah. lore. I loved the great. characters of it. And so, like, it didn't 
it didn't matter that like Mass Effect 1's gameplay was not the best. Like I just loved being in that universe. Destiny never quite hit on that same level for me. I agree. It was definitely more of a this is a fun gameplay experience and not like this universe is intriguing and pulling me in type of a thing. But Gamescom. Gamescom, 45 minutes into the show. Let's talk Gamescom. <laughs> um, so uh, I, maybe we don't need to go through this full list or we'll be here for like another hour. But um, anything stand out to you specifically? What do you think about this everywhere game? I for, Is this this is an open world game? Was this an RPG? No. Um, OK, explain it to me. It's all things. I, I, for a while, I had a good quip about this because I thought it was called everything, <laughs> uh, but it's in fact called everywhere. And I was going to say everything. This looks like nothing uh, because it seems like a very top level, like a guy who's never developed a game before being like, let's just make everything like the scope of it is so massive. They've talked about how it's going to be a world where you can go and just create things but also play games in i feel like they're trying to ramp off of like what roblox is but also like minecraft and also fortnite probably more so fortnite uh and it just seems like it's going in every direction but they didn't say anything substantial about it they just had like weird concept art they want to be the next they want to be a digital place where you can they want to be fortnite they want to be a place where you can go to digital concerts, like you can go to digital for- concerts in Fortnite. But they also want to be Minecraft. They want to be Roblox. They, I, I, I don't think that there is anything behind this. Like, I don't think this is ever going to come out. Uh, and if it <laughs> does come out, I think it's going to be very disappointing. Uh, this was probably the weirdest thing that they showed because I was just like, no gameplay. Not even any CG, I don't... I mean, very, very briefly, there was, like, some CG stuff, but, um, yeah, this looked bad to me. I, I Maybe <laughs> I'll eat my words, uh, and this will be, like, the next big thing. But this seems like someone being like, we should make the next Fortnite, and it's going to be way better because this, this, this. And it's... I don't know. It seems ill-conceived to me. It really confused me, just, like, watching through this trailer again, I was like... Like they wanted to make the Oasis from uh, mm, whatchamacallit. Yes. Um, from Ready Player One. Yeah. But then, like, there's, it seems like maybe there's racing. Like, you're in a car. They're showing, like, somebody driving a car. And then I think it's like, like Roblox, where you can, like, make your own games, probably, but it's, like, more streamlined and, like, less coding. Well, but then at the end of it, like completely different art style to everything we've seen up to that point. There's just like a guy who's like looking at something very confused and you're just like, is this still the same game? Like what? No. What is happening? I don't know anything about this and I don't think they know anything about it either. Uh, (laughs) I don't. This is vaporware to me, I feel. I don't think we're either we're we're never going to see this again or we're going to hear about it like two years from now and they're going to be like, we've decided to scrap this. (laughs) I mean, it could be the next, uh, what's a pirate game? Skull and Bones. Yeah, it could be the next Skull and Bones. Or it could be that uh, uh, Beyond Good and Evil 2 that, like, mm. they've shown some stuff. Yes. But, like, it has disappeared for, like, 10 years and nobody, what happened nobody is aware. Weren't they, like, 
making the community build it at this point didn't they say like you can make your own songs and we'll put it in we're not gonna pay you but uh <laughs> yeah help us out they they had uh joseph gordon levitt come out and be like hey we're working with the developers to like make community driven like music and art for this game help us out and the, i feel like that was the last thing they ever showed about i think you're correct game. about that uh, and they probably uh, got a bunch of that stuff and they were like, well, I don't know what to do now. <laughs> <laughs> then they showed Dune Awakening, which is a, uh, an MMO, an open world survival MMO set in on Arrakis in the Dune world. Yeah, I, I don't know how you make an MMO out of Dune, I guess, but I guess you could maybe make an MMO out of anything. Yeah, I guess it's going to be like a Rust. My guess is it's going to be like a Rust-style thing where everyone's in a desert and you're sort of like building up settlements or something. And then also there will be worms because it's open-world survival. So there's going to be like crafting and or it'll be like that arc game more like uh, with dinosaurs. Except that instead of dinosaurs, it'll be big worms. Was Vin Diesel going to show up? I hope so. <laughs> then... They showed a new DualSense Edge controller, and they made a big deal about it being wireless. But all controllers are wireless. I don't. I couldn't figure out what was unique about this. Well, so it's supposed to be like the Microsoft their Pro controller that they have that has like the flappy paddles on them on the back, so you can like have like you know the paddles on the back to do different functions, so you don't have to take your thumbs off the thumbsticks. Mm. And then it also has like removable uh replaceable thumbsticks so if you ever ran into like thumbstick drift like you do on the joy cons you could just replace mm. them um it's supposed to be like a customizable like better version of the standard controller but it looks so much like the normal controller yeah i don't know and i like i have the steam deck that has the little buttons on the back and I never use them because I cannot get used <laughs> to them. So I, maybe I'm the wrong person for that. But uh, I More, didn't. Uh, I don't recall seeing a price on that. But I'm sure it's. I'm sure it's crazy expensive. Yeah, like double the price of the standard controller. More Callisto pro Callisto protocol stuff. Still super gross to look at. Mm-hmm. Very much Dead Space. Uh, Lords of the Fallen seemed fine. Uh, this looked. Just like a generic... Actually, what was this? Lords of the Fallen was... I think everybody ex- thought this was sort of a, like a Dark Souls-style game, which it may oh. very well be. I don't... Yeah, it's got a Dark Souls-style... Yeah. yeah, I remember this. Yeah, because it was a guy with like a lantern. Yeah, this it is lo- fine. It looks like sort of Lord of the Rings meets Dark Souls. Um, yeah. With, without using either of those two as actual properties. But. Moving out to another co-op game. Have you seen that Plate It, Plate Up, or is it Plate Up or Plate It that people are playing right now online? No. Very hot right now on Twitch. Uh, Hogwarts Legacy is coming out on February 10th. Yeah, the trailer they that. showed uh, for this was weird. Like, they had, like, a really long, like, gameplay thing that they released earlier this year, and I thought that made it look awesome. But this thing was it was a little strange to me. Did you see that uh, 
the like premium collector's edition comes with a a book that has a floating wand on it that uses like magnets to float no that sounds cool it's a a lot of money (laughs) i bet it is yeah (laughs) uh tales from borderland i'll be honest i skipped through this because i don't care about tales from borderland Yeah, i don't care about it either dying light 2 dlc another thing i don't super care about tortuga a pirate's life was kind of interesting yeah i thought this was gonna be like a big reveal of sid meyer's pirates remake Mm. and that like would have really kind of excited me because i loved that game like when I was maybe in high school or like middle school even. Um, and this it basically looked like that. And I was like, ooh, are they remaking that game finally? <laughs> uh, but no, it ended up just being a game called Tortuga Pirate's Life, which may very well just be like a heavily, you know, Sid Meier's Pirates inspired game. Uh, but I have no clue for sure what that game is based on the trailer they showed. Now, Marauders was interesting to me. It seems like an Escape from Tarkov style game, but in space, which is kind of what that uh, the cycle is. But this seems more like space space and not necessarily on planets. Like, I think mm. you're going into uh, ships and trying to collect stuff and then getting out of there as fast as possible. I'm interested in this. Uh, I'll, I'd like to see some gameplay of it. It was just a, a cinematic what we saw. Uh, it'll come out in October. <laughs> Lightfall, we already talked about. Sonic Frontier still looks super generic to me, coming out on November 8th. Under the Waves. Do you recall what Under the Waves is? I do not recall what Under the Waves is. Mm, Oh, it's by Quantic Dream. Oh, that's right. This is the Quantic Dream thing where Uh, you're in like a submarine. I don't know if I trust Quantic Dreams. Yeah. um, I don't like uh, the ocean. (laughs) <laughs> I like deep water oceans and large underwater animals. They freak me out. Uh, so I probably will not play. That's why I've not played Subnautica. Um, yeah. uh, Goat Simulator 3 looks like uh, dumb funs coming out November 17th. Return to Monkey Island uh, coming out September 19th. We're coming up. Uh, Moonbreaker. What do you think about this? Oh, yeah. This is that one that was like you could paint the... Uh, yeah. Like the statues that you're using in game i thought this was kind of interesting i i'm not super into like real-time strategy or like i can sometimes get into like those tactics based games but not always i don't know what did you think of it i don't super like that it's uh like miniatures based Mm. um if they're gonna do that then why not just make a board game but uh I don't know. Brandon Sanderson is someone who seems insane to me. Um, but he's, I guess, writing this uh, or I guess adding to its lore, much like George R. R. Martin was adding to Elden Ring. <laughs> um, I don't know. I probably will pass on this unless I watch someone play it and it's very alluring. It, um, w- it was the developer of Subnautica, which like this is a wild departure from that game. Yeah. Uh, also, like, I kind of did like the art style, and they said they were sort of channeling uh, Guardians of the Galaxy and Firefly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't know that this is my type of a game. Is the thing? Yeah, I think it's something. If I do engage with it, we'll be watching someone play it. But I don't know if the people that I watch will pick it up. Mm-hmm. So, friends versus friends. I like that you have written a weird, colorful game. I couldn't make sense of. 
a new yeah, description of it. I didn't understand this game. It, like, I couldn't tell if it was like a card-based game or... It is card-based. It seems like it's card-based deathmatch or possibly... It's some sort of deathmatch. I don't know what the... Uh, but it's weird. You're like playing as anim- animal people uh, and you have guns and... Yeah, it's like a first-person shooter, but there's, like, some sort of card-based system that goes along with it. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I don't know if it's, like, a battle royale or what, but... Lies of P. I feel like I've seen eight trailers for this over the past couple of years, <laughs> and this is the first one. I feel like you were always a robot. I didn't remember being you. You being like a Timothy Chalamet type yeah, little boy. Yeah, that's what everybody is saying. Is that the main character looks basically exactly like Timothy Chalamet? But uh, I mean, if you like Dark Souls, uh, or more specifically, if you like Bloodborne, I feel like yeah. Uh, this seems like uh, something that might be up your alley. It's a Pinocchio story, but it's like very weird. Uh, I don't hate this. I probably won't play it, but I might watch someone play it again. I was going to say, this was one of the more exciting things I saw at opening night live. Um, I thought that it, like, why would you call it lies of P um, <laughs> as opposed to like lies of Pinocchio? Also, when he lies, his nose grows, but I guess yeah, I he's already... Yeah, I wonder how that's going to come into effect. I guess he's already a real boy by this point. I don't know. I mean, um, he's also kind of a robot, it seems like. Yeah, maybe I feel like he's I've seen not in previous, real yet. <laughs> in previous trailers, I thought he was, like, way more robotified. Uh, like, you could see... It almost looked like the Westworld robots, where you could, like, see through their uh, exoskeleton mm. or internal skeleton, but... Yeah, the fact that they call it Lies of P and they seem to be dancing around like the actual like names and of characters and stuff almost makes it seem like like one of those things where they're trying to remake or reboot something that they don't actually have the rights to. And so <laughs> they're just like it's similar it's but we've not actually called it that. So you can't Pinocchio might be public domain now. I actually don't you know. You would think so, but they're treating it like it's not. But Yeah. Uh, Stranded Alien Dawn. Is this another Strand game? It's another Strand game, for sure. Uh, I, I think it it's a, I think it's a survival type game. It's like that Dune game, but on a not desert. Yeah, I'm just looking at the trailer now. I don't, it's still not clear to me what kind of game it is. Do you like Sand. Uh, not particularly. Well, then Atlas Fallen is not for you. (laughs) Because this is a game that's all about sand. They should have called this game All About Sand. (laughs) Uh, You're a people who I guess can control sand and also fight monsters made of sand. They had a very interesting uh, cinematic trailer. But uh, this is a sand game. So if you're interested in sand... 2023 not to be confused with strand game this is its very own thing a sand <laughs> game <laughs> uh homeworld 3 i have no memory of them showing uh genshin impact everybody is always liking that genshin impact honkai star rail i still don't really understand what this game is if it's multiplayer or what's going on with it you're in a train they showed very little of it actually yeah i there was speculation that this is maybe um more of a like linear story based game as yeah. opposed to like a Genshin like game, even though it's the same developer. 
Uh, but they have a lot of money now to work with because oh, yeah. of the success of Genshin. So, High on life, what were your thoughts on this? You have written that it's uh, underwhelming in your notes. Yeah, this was like, I don't know why they chose to show what they showed. It just, it, it felt like they were like, here's a random boss fight. Um, but it wasn't like a fun or interesting boss fight. Like, it seemed like your main weapon was doing very little damage. So he's just mm. like, he would shoot the enemy a bunch of times and then have to reload. Um, and then you would have to like swing away for a while because the platform would disappear. Uh, and there would be like some sort of acid thing you would have to avoid. Um, and then the platform would come back and you would just shoot them again for a little bit and tick off a little bit more of their health bar. And then they'd go away again. And it was just like rinse, repeat. Um, it did not seem like a super compelling boss fight to me. And also like the entire time um, you're gun is making weird quips at you and it's just like i wonder if this is gonna be uh one of those games where it tries to be a a little too irreverent such that it gets annoying um i enjoy the like writing of uh like the rick and morty people and i like that solar opposite show on hulu i think that's also very good but uh i'm wondering if that you're right if this will stretch a little thin Also, like, they didn't even show the full boss fight. Like, he just, like, fights him for a few minutes, and then it's just, like, cut to, you know, title, like, title sequence, and you're just like... It's weird. Is that it? Like, why why specifically did you show this? And it's weird, because they also, they were, like, unrelated to this, uh, they released, like, ten minutes or maybe even more of just, like, random story stuff gameplay which i think maybe would have fit better in this presentation as opposed to this like no context boss fight no context here's like a few minutes of fighting a boss without like even finishing the fight it's just like yeah it was a super strange choice to me but what do i know uh let's skip through some of these because i don't think we care about hard space shipbreaker nope but we do care about the expanse what do you think about this uh yeah i'm not super fond of like the telltale series of games but this is finally like a property that i'm excited about so it's one of those things where i'm a little bit torn on it because while i don't particularly care about this style of game i do like the idea of a game based on the expanse and sort of fleshing out uh some of those characters a little bit Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. I I may end up playing it when it comes out, but I'm not, like, chomping at the bit to play it. Just based solely on the type of game that it is. But Mm -hmm. that's about where I'm at. Killer Clowns from Outer Space, a classic movie. This is a, like, Dead by Daylight clone, it seems like, where it's, like, uh, asymmetrical multiplayer where some people are playing as the Killer Clowns and some people are trying to escape the Killer Clowns. Mm Mm-hmm. So, that's something. Scars Above, I have no memory of. Uh, Word Song. Was that that crazy Chinese one? Uh, I am just going to the The crazy Chinese one I'm thinking of is Where Wind Meets. Uh, Word Song, I have no memory of. Age of Empires 4 DLC is fine. Gotham Knights is whatever. We're not going to play it. What do you think is Where Wind Meets? It's 
trying to do a lot of stuff. Yeah, I I thought that it looked like a way more like fantasy version of like uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, uh, which I'm into. Looks crazy. Yeah, it does look crazy, and I I would I think I will play this when it comes out. Kojima popped up because he has to, because Jeff Keighley loves Kojima, and he's doing that podcast which we talked about. It was funny uh, because he's like sitting in a sound studio, but it sounds like he was recording it on his phone. Um, <laughs> like we're in the sound studio, but we couldn't figure out how to make any of this equipment work. So I did just record my audio on a phone. <laughs> this is why it sounds bad. Please listen to my podcast. It's exclusively on Spotify. Park Beyond is like a roller coaster tycoon style game. So if you're into Roller Coaster Tycoon, check that out. A car that's Pokemon, question mark. Yeah, what, um, what was this segment? Who can say? This was a car that was made in collaboration with Pokemon, so it could like have Pikachu on it or something. And they said they'd be back next year. Well, yeah, but the car itself didn't look... Like, you wouldn't see that on the street and go, oh, that's a Pokemon car, because it's, it's weird for Pokemon. It was just like a weirdly colored... Uh, Mini Mini Cooper, basically. Well, and I think when you turn it on, the screens on the inside like have Pokemon stuff that happens. Yeah, and I like obviously it's an electric car, and that's why they're sort of choosing to use uh, Pikachu as sort of the like main character of it. But like, I I was very confused by this. This this seemed like Jeff Keighley's secret passion outside of video games is cars, and he just happened to mm. find like a news story that was like. Or, or uh, video game adjacent so he was like mm-hmm. you know what i don't care if no one likes it this is for me i'm gonna put something i care about in it and so he added this <laughs> to to the show and everybody was like why did you do this it was very weird because i don't even think you can buy it there is i think he's all about just like car. how can we evolve like he's always looking to evolve the art or the platform he wants to do weird stuff that like he did that weird thing where you could watch uh his fake E3 and IMAX theaters for some reason. Mm-hmm. So if he's just like, oh, a car at this thing? No one's ever done that before. That's interesting. I guess I'll do that. So, I mean, it's just Jeff Keighley being Jeff Keighley. <laughs> I guess it's true. When you think of like the old E3 shows uh, back in the day, the stuff that stands out is the weird stuff that they did. That usually didn't well, work very well, but it was at least weird and memorable. <laughs> It definitely was memorable. I mean, we're talking about it, so I guess like it worked. Five years from now, when we're looking back on like the summer game shows of uh, 2022, remember that weird Pokemon car thing that Jeff Well, they Keighley said they'd did? be back. They said they were going to invest in whatever this is. So uh, it wouldn't surprise me if next year they were like, hey, we're back at Gamescom. Here's like a Bulbasaur car that shoots water or something. I would understand that. So if, if many... If the, the maker of that uh, that car was like, we've got this really cool like electric vehicle and we're going to have an operating system where you can download these like Pokemon themes and it'll somehow like integrate with like Pokemon Go or something like that. Now like, that's interesting. I, I would understand that. And you could like make a case for why that should be included in a show like this. But uh, like... Download your, like, oh, the latest update. Download your Bulbasaur theme. Uh, <laughs> something like that would be cool for, like, Pokemon fans who also want to own an electric car, but I don't know. Warhammer 40K Dark Tide 
Seems fine. Uh, Blacktail, I was not interested in. It's like some bow and arrow game. First person bow and arrow. Yeah, where you're like a witch in the woods. Phantom Hellcat. I don't. I don't remember what Phantom Hellcat is. Uh, I'm gonna have to look up the trailer. Crossfire X. I also don't remember. This might have been during the part where they were giving out awards, which I skipped through because I didn't like. I don't like the awards parts of these. Um, Outlast Trial is something I'm not gonna be playing because it looks too disgusting and scary. Yeah. And then they closed it out with uh, Dead Island 2. Dead Island 2 is, I guess, finally coming out February 3rd, 2023, set in L.A. Uh, Now, they uh, did not take our advice and do, like, a remade version of the Goat Simulator 3 trailer. They did That That would have been funny, and they should have done that. But it it was just a weird uh, cinematic trailer where, I mean, it was fine. Where Um, where Lenny Kravitz goes out and, like, fights some zombies and goes back home again it was a not a terrible way to end the press conference i mean it was something that people have been anticipating that they maybe thought was no longer happening so it did get leaked prior to this i don't remember if we talked about it on last week's podcast um but i think amazon like uk put out a listing that had the exact release date it had like blurbs about it and screenshots uh I don't think I'm going to play this, but I might watch people play it. I feel like I've been saying that a lot this episode. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Dead Island was a good game when it came out. I I had fun playing it, but mostly because it was all weird. And uh, I don't know if this will have like a weird... This could fall prey to that same thing that Saints Row fell prey to where it has not evolved. I can see Uh, that too. Now now that I wouldn't have said that before Saints Row happened, but that's a good point that this game has been in development for so long and like the previous game came out in the 360 generation when, like I said, like that was just what you did. You made open world GTA style games. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I can see that being the case where it basically just feels like more Dead Island 1, but in a different location, and maybe they've not evolved it the way we were hoping they would. And then it was over. Uh, we've gone a little long this week, but do you want to get briefly into what we've been watching, playing? Yeah, I mean, I, I've been playing more No Man's Sky, which I still really enjoy, and we did do a video uh, this week, as well, as we're recording this, uh, it will be last week, I think, by the time this podcast goes up. But uh, it's all where I get a chance to introduce you to No Man's Sky since we've been talking about it on the podcast and I've been trying to convince you to uh, jump in and give it a whirl. But uh, yeah, what did you think of No Man's Sky? It's very beautiful and it is just like it's very, very attractive to just go out and try to find a crazy planet uh, and just like set up a base there or get a, a freighter. I think the the freighter is what's really gotten me interested in it, uh, like having a mobile base that you can go from system to system with. Yeah. Um, I think I am going to pick it up when it gets to be on sale again. It's on my Steam wish list now. So when it gets to be not $60 again, I think I'm going to pick it up. Um. But yeah, it was very informative. I uh, It seems like it's actually... You had said it before, but uh, it does seem like it's not a pain to fly around and do ship combat, which is great. Yeah, I actually ended up... Have 
really enjoyed it. Like I, I don't necessarily go seeking out like ship battles, but like when they pop up, I'm not like annoyed or frustrated by them because <laughs> it like it makes you feel like a you know an ace pilot very easily by just like allowing you to hit one button and it just like tracks the enemy ship and does all the flying for you. Yeah. Um. So it's like it it's an extremely accessible version of ship battles. So. But yeah, I definitely go check out that video. Um, and We're going to have another video coming up. Uh, that'll probably come up next week uh, where I show Zach Minecraft. That's kind of like a one-two punch of he shows me No Man's Sky, I show him Minecraft. So yeah, it's been look a while out for that as well. we've done blind spotting videos uh, on the YouTube channel. And since we've both been talking about uh, Minecraft and No Man's Sky a lot over the last couple of weeks, we thought it was a, a good opportunity to uh, bring back blind spotting. And uh, so, yeah, check those videos out. And then I watched the season finale of Westworld, the latest season of Westworld this past week. You made it through all of it? I did. It's, uh, I feel like I've been very negative this episode, but uh, Westworld is bad now. Is it? I have only seen the first episode. (laughs) Yeah, they, man, they really chose to end this season in a way that I think is not good. Uh, the first season is maybe one of the best seasons of television. It's just like so cool. They have so many new interesting ideas and there's some great reveals. Second season was weird and like <laughs> they were trying to do a lot of stuff that I didn't super agree with. Third yeah. season was fine. The last but, episode of that second season was just like complete bonkers and I yeah. had no idea what was going on. <laughs> Not great. Third season was fine. You got into the real world. I didn't hate that. I, I, I like Aaron Paul as a guy. And uh, being in the real world and like seeing all these things happen is interesting. But uh, I don't know, man. The fourth season just feels like it's really dropped off in quality. And I don't know that I need a fifth season. I'm fine with it ending because it's just like bad. And I also like couldn't tell you what the next season would be like and whatever it would be it's not gonna be what i want so uh don't watch westworld or only watch the first season i guess yeah (laughs) yeah the i almost there for a while i was i was going that direction with stranger things as well i think Mm. the most recent season of stranger things kind of redeemed it yeah it's great um the but there for a while after that sort of uh, the third season in particular, I was getting to the point with that where I was like, I don't know if I need any more of this. This is one of those things where the first season was so good that yeah. I would say rewatch that instead of continuing on past that. But but no, they totally redeemed it. So maybe Westworld can do the same. But um, yeah, I don't know if I would hold my breath on that. <laughs> Well, we've gone a little long today, but I think it was worth it. Do you happen to have any parting wisdom before we go? Zach, I posted this in the chat. Um, You don't have to look at it right now, but anyone else, if you want to take a look at the episode description. I saw this on Twitter, and I don't know the lore behind it or what it is or why it exists or when it's from, but uh, there's a little animation that is set to an ELO song that I found to be very good. And I think everyone should watch it. Uh, And that's all I'll say about it. Daikon film. It's a little Um, uh, get a load of this type of a thing from the mini. Exactly, yeah. I think everyone should watch it. It's great. 
And uh, yeah, we'll end on that. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you just search for Starside Cafe, you'll find us in those places. And we'll catch you on the next one. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.